2: Okay, we're now joined by the winning driver, and that is Joey Logano.
1: You know, I, I probably wouldn't have gone straight to the bump and run if it wasn't for how he got the lead. Green flag goes back in the air. Joey
2: Logano from the outside lane tries to grab the lead away from William Byron.
1: Logano around the outside, Byron on the bottom, he hangs right with him to the back stretch. Now Bury in the best, clear, keep a close, be there at
0: the end. Know what you got to
1: do now. Someone's going to be willing to do that to you Well, the gloves are off at that point. No reason for him to say retaliation. That's stupid. He does this stuff all the time. Two to go and here comes Joey. It's down to a car. Link Logano all over the back end of Willie B. Drives in Davey, makes contact. Byron's in the outside wall. He got hit from the back bumper of Logano and Logano
2: goes to the lead. William Byron tried to block the bottom of the racetrack. Logano committed. Dry spell will end this afternoon for Joey Logano. off
0: four, final time. Crowd on their feet, and Joey Logano has won at Darlington. It's boy. It's kid,
2: buddy. He goes in there 10 mile an hour faster. Stupid.
1: That was the way he wanted to race, so I said, let's go. I did what I had to do. Welcome into NASCAR America Motor Mouse, Steve Latard alongside Jeff Burton, Parker Kligerman. All right, you raced at Darlington. I know it was a few days ago now, but that finish between Logano and William Byron, it's worth reliving again. Uh, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Fair, foul, what'd you make of the move? Oh, uh,
3: as a driver in this day and age and the precedent's been set, I expected it. And in that case, I
1: believe it's fair. Fair. I know you got a chance to break it down a little bit on Monday. Has your thoughts changed since Monday?
2: No, not at all. I, the more I watch it, the more I believe exactly what I said Monday, and that is that I, I'm not saying William Byron meant to put him in the wall, but William Byron shoved him in the wall. Joey Logano had to lift off the gas. William Byron got the lead because of that. So when Joey Logano's mind, hey, the lead got taken away from me because I had to lift or I would wreck.
3: So, yeah. The whole so, takeaway from it, you just don't let the 22 car run your back down.
1: All right, all right. Well, listen, you know what that sound is? That's the door closing (laughs) on Darlington. Like Yeah, like I said, no more Darlington. I'm cutting you all off. The door's closed. It was a great race. It was a great finish, but it's time to look ahead. Darlington not only was a great race, but it marked an important point of the regular season. Halfway, 12 races, if you can believe it, have already gone of the 24-race regular season. So this show here, we're going to talk about the playoffs, the playoff pictures, who's in trouble, who's looking good, and who can guarantee them spot- moving forward, of the guys who haven't won. But most importantly, it's a fan-call-in show. So, call in, join us, give us your opinion on drivers you think could win, should win, or are going to miss out on the playoffs. Here it is, 11 through 30. Jeff, we've taken the 10 guys out that have won. Um, We talk about them enough. Let's start with the first guy. Well, let's let's start with this. Currently six seats for non-winners, 12 races to go. Will we have guys make it to the playoffs on points?
2: Yes, we will have guys make it into the playoffs in points, but only two and at the max three. I think it's going to be maybe two. My guess is two guys that are going to get in on points. And the reason I'm saying that is we have some very unique races coming up in the rest of the schedule. We have four road courses. We have two Super Speedway races. That's half of the races we have coming up in non-traditional racetracks. and, And also Worldwide Technology Speedway. Never been there before with Cup Cars. So a lot of unknowns. A lot of road courses, super speedway races. I think that mixes up the field even more. So,
1: yes, I don't think we'll get 17 winners, but I think we'll get two guys making it on points. Parker, I like his number. I got three more winners. Um, I like two or three. Jeff and I are in alignment on that. I believe that um, not only the variety of the track, but the other reason I'll say that are there are names I could easily put in victory lane, like William, excuse me, Ryan Blaney, Truex. I know it's been a long time since Harvick, but they're looking better. Christopher Bell. Uh, reddick you know there are real names left that i don't think winning is a complete long shot uh, but i can't find six of them. <laughs> so here's my thing i just want to be a counterpoint to both of you
3: in that i believe we could see 16 winners or even more because when you look at what this new car is provided even on our traditional ovals you're seeing a car like an eric jones at 43 be in the conversation running in the top five late in these races ricky senhouse jr you know at darlington and at dover is up there in the top five you have justin haley and a call car i mean i start to list some of these names that you then add in the expected ones like you said blaney truex bell harvick reddick we all assume reddick's gonna win a race here soon it's like you know he's similar to denny hamlin it's always denny hamlin's year for a championship it's always reddick's race to win until he finally does right so like it's gonna happen eventually but when i look at that you know you put those races that you say are non-traditional your four road courses plus two super speedways Yes, that opens a lot of opportunity, but I just feel like with this car, we've seen teams that I wouldn't traditionally say are you know solid points contenders to make it into a playoffs be in conversation late in races in the top five where they're in position to maybe snap up a win.
1: All right, so taking that opinion and moving it forward, you think it could be all wins? I think we agree a few on points, but not a lot. I think it's worth going down the seat or going down the list and see who is in trouble for a seat. Can we all thank Ryan Blaney? Between points and wins, we feel pretty good about Ryan Blaney's situation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's let's move (laughs) on. How about Truex? We're going to move quick through the non-controversial ones. Truex, any concern? So I'm willing to say Truex, Blaney, and Bell are all safe. I feel good that it's going to take something really, especially as good as Truex runs at the road courses. You mentioned four road courses. Well, I think he's going to run top ten in all four, so that helps him. All right, well, you, you stopped short of the big veteran and the veteran on a winless streak, and that's Kevin Harvick. We can all agree better than last year, I think. He's running better, but I still haven't seen like winning speed out of Kevin Harvick. Is better good enough to make the playoffs? The road courses concern me for Kevin.
2: Like they just haven't had, which is odd to me because I consider Kevin to be a really good road yeah. racer, but they just haven't had road race speed, and we've got four of those coming up. And so to your point about the new car and all those things that are happening, um, mechanical issues, wrecks, anything like that can happen, and you find yourself struggling. And if you don't win a race, I think Kevin Harvick will win a race, but if you don't win a race, he could be in that same situation he was in last year, racing for that last spot to get in the playoffs. And uh, I think he will get in the playoffs, but but I think it's he's going to have to fight and claw and scratch. I don't think Stuart Haas is where they need to be.
1: I, I agree Stuart Haas isn't where it needs to be. My I, What I think is going to help Kevin Harvick is I think he is – Always been a driver who's very realistic with what he has. And I think he leaves the shop every weekend with the goal to go win. Mm -hmm. But I think at some point in that race, if that's not the race, he never gives up, but he does change to realistic, reachable daily goals. And I think that's what makes him so dangerous. He is not going to wreck a car going for ninth that should run 15th. He's going to just take 10th, calmly go back and tell Rodney, buddy, we got to be better. I can't. And he's been doing this a long time. He gobbles up points. Um, But to your point, the road courses, forget speed, there's chaotic. Green, white, checker, anybody can send you off at any time. Uh, Atlanta and Daytona are both, you can get caught up in somebody else's mess, and that's the slippery slope. I don't think it'll be a self-inflicted wound. But there's right. potential to have wounds getting at somebody else's mess. And next thing you know, you're minus 27. And I think their
3: team, just that you've kind of alluded to, they just find a way at times to have, you know, even if they're not great, he's a guy who grinds out a top 10 out of a 15th place car sometimes and just finds a way. Rodney might pull some strategy. I do get worried, though, when you just look at the schedule, not even just the road courses. You know, you take Atlanta. It's now a stupid way. You took away a place that was kevin harvick's spot like you know harvicking became a term at that racetrack so you take some of those away from him as the tracks change as this you know schedule becomes more diverse i just think that does not play to his strengths or the 14 strengths and so if you i believe they'll make it but if they don't that would be my reason why so
1: let's peek ahead a little bit though you mentioned tracks worldwide technology he's harvick's so good at phoenix it's phoenix-esque two different ends flat tracks, agree or disagree that that's a type of track Harvick will run well at?
2: Uh, I, well, Stuart Haas in general seems to run well there, and I think Kevin, uh, anytime he goes somewhere new, I think that's a, a strength for Kevin Harvick. He's just so adaptable. Um, I think that track's going to throw – I think it's going to be a complete wrinkle because a lot of people run that track, but not since they started putting the resin down on it. And the it resin now. completely changed that racetrack and the way you race it. So the guys that have run the truck series lately – I think, will have a distinct advantage going to that racetrack. And who are they, right? And it's some guys that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's Harrison. It's, you know, it's all those guys that were running trucks a few years ago. I think those guys immediately go there knowing exactly what to expect, and a lot of other guys are going to have to learn it. Now, listen, they're the best in the world. They're going to learn it yeah, pretty right. quickly. Yeah, They pretty quick. But, but it is going to be different than what they ran five years ago. He also ever.
3: has two wins in Xfinity there. Get away. So, true.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, it,
3: the I'm gonna say I came with it myself, but I have a little birdie in my I was ear. I just say, gave me some great stats. I wanted to look
1: smart. I can't. You do would crying. have scored well in the SAT with that <laughs> earpiece in. There's no doubt. How uh, about <laughs> right behind? We'll call it. Uh, you know, maybe the Cinderella favorite. You know, Eric Almirola, final year, currently sits inside the playoffs. A year ago, he made the playoffs with a shocking, dominant win in New Hampshire. But still shocking. I don't think anybody had them. You know, had him on their uh, fantasy team when no. he went and shocked the world at New Hampshire. You know, he's plus 25. And we mentioned Stuart Haas is not wear that. And I would do want to point this out. A name you don't see on here, Chase Briscoe. He won yep. with a very good car. Harvick and Almirola are in. Uphill battle for Cole Custer. We're going to get to Cole Custer a little bit later. But let's just talk Almirola, plus 25. I think emotionally I'm rooting for Eric Almirola to make it. I'd love to see him get one more shot at the playoffs. But but it is going to be a stressful summer because I just don't see victory lane. So now you're talking about protecting points against two strong Chevrolets between Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick. And I think he's impressed me with this new car in that, you know, you look at last season how much
3: they struggled in that 10 car, right? Late The last generation of that car, you know, that, that team without that win at New Hampshire, it was a bit of a disaster of a season for the 10. And coming to this season, he's been remarkably consistent. He's rose to the occasion in his final year, you know, very easy with a new car and all the change and right. all the things you have to do differently as a driver and the amount of homework and effort you've got to put into being good in this new car and all the things you've got to learn. Knowing it's your final season, all the distractions that come with that, I think that could be an easy you know, sort of excuse, but they have not had that. He has absolutely risen to the occasion, been wildly consistent, and I think you know he's put himself in a
1: great position to make these playoffs. So, so I, I want to flip up. that. Final season, mm-hmm. I had one. Yeah. I, I knew I was leaving a year before my last year started. And I thought it was my best year. And and I didn't think I was conservative or holding back. But I was just like, ah, let's enjoy it. Let's have fun. And I was my best having fun. Jeff, you were a driver. You've seen drivers come, go. Is there anything that says Eric Almirola just wanted to be good for so long, the pressure built up, and now he knows it's his final year? Is there any chance he's just... He's still prepared. I'm not saying he doesn't want or not prepared, but you think he's maybe just having more fun being a professional race car driver and leaving it all on the racetrack. I, I mean, I hope that's the, I hope that's what it is. I mean, I you know he still likes to
2: race. He just wants to be home with his kids, and yep. and so. You know, knowing he was going to race this last year, everybody in his family knows it. They all are, know he's going to spend more time at home. So I'm sure the whole family's like, hey, go get you some, right? Go, yeah. go get all you can. But also, and I made the comment, Stuart Haas isn't where they need to be. I said that in regard to dominating races yeah, like we right. are accustomed sure. to Harvick. But they've done a nice job, to your point. And, and he's been extremely consistent. And listen, that's who he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, Eric Alvaro is not going to go win you seven races in a year. He's going to pop you a win get another win, and just not make mistakes. Right. That's his strength. There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. There's this strength, and he needs to play into that, and Stuart Haas needs to play in that. And, and if they do, then I think he's a driver. I, he, I don't see him as a road course guy, right? I don't nope. see him win a, a road course race. Uh, there's four of those in a regular season. That greatly uh, hurts him, in my opinion. Uh, he is good on super speedways and the other racetracks. So there's four races immediately that I look at and say, "Hmm. Eh. That's just not in his wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So unless something happens, you know the number of
1: opportunities he has is less than some others. It'll the, be tough. Yeah, I think it's tense.
3: It's going to be tense.
2: It tets is. Tets a it car. is.
1: Well, there are four SHR cars. We haven't mentioned the fourth because we're going to later in the show. Cole Custer, 26th. I think later we're going to discuss all those guys, maybe 20th on back, and what kind of realistic shot they have for the walk-off home run. That's probably what it's going to take. <laughs> on the cut line, amazingly enough... The RCR cars once again. But before no. we discuss RCR, this is a fan call show. We're going to bring our first caller in. Chandler, you're on Motor Mouse. Thank you, Steve. And, you know, you guys been talking about, you know, Kevin Harvick and how he finds a way. And, you know, when you say something like that, I think of the, the Paul McCartney song, Find My Way. And I'm pretty sure that's how Kevin Harvick does. He does find his way. As much as I want to talk about Kevin Harvick, I really want to talk about, you know, Tyler Reddick, you know, he's been so close he's been so close i've been rooting him for quite a while and kansas is always that place for a good opportunity for somebody like him you know to get his first win so looking at kansas this weekend what can you guys expect out of tyler reddick this weekend well chandler it's a great question we mentioned it austin Dillon currently in at plus one reddick at minus one if we believe there's going to be some more winners i think reddick has to be thinking it is a must win to make the playoffs um he brings up a good point Chandler does about worn-out pavement at Kansas and Tyler Reddick running the top. Parker, Fox. Well, first of all, Chandler, great job jumping directly into the question. Love
3: that. Thank you yep. so much. You didn't yep. have to ask us how we're doing. We're here on TV. But uh, the, in terms of Reddick, I think absolutely... You know this is a place he can win as you mentioned the high lane he's incredible at it just this past weekend at darlington watching him you know in terms of getting to dive a little bit into the smt data and see what he does so well on the high lane between the xfinity car and the cup car it's just amazing he has really found a niche in being able to create speed up there and that's what kansas gives you right i think this will be a really fascinating race with this car we saw you know i've looked back to vegas and the way this car race there the way we're seeing it being able to re-race side by side without you know needing that side force for laps on end like we saw at dover for a little bit so i think this would be a really really interesting race but as i said earlier it is red ex- Reddick's week to win every week until he does. Like, I just don't see a, week, I don't see a place where I'm like, no, oh, they can't win there. Like, he's just,
1: they are on it everywhere they go. I think it's going to be a surprise win for Reddick somewhere. That's what mm. I think. We talk so much about the low grip racetracks and run on the top. I think he's on the radar. I think he knows it on the radar. The, his opponents know he's on the radar. I do expect Reddick to win, but I think it's going to be a shocker type win. A New Hampshire, a, somewhere that you're like, well, I didn't think this was going to be Reddick's week. You know, as soon as your point, people stop talking about it being his week. <laughs> i I think he's just gonna i think he's a great race car driver i mean he won two championships on saturday in the xfinity series for two different organizations i mean he knows how to get it done and and i just wonder you know there's already so much pressure to get your first to go places that they talk about you being well only makes it worse we talk about enjoying with eric amarola i think he's going to go somewhere where he's not the topic of conversation and it's going to line up with a good car, maybe some good brakes, and boom, he's going to find himself a bit drilling.
2: A future superstar in this sport, in my opinion. I think he's a guy that's going to win multiple races a year for many years to come. Um, and, I, you know, I think, listen, he's going to run well this week. I, I don't think there's any question he's going to run well. I don't ever say this guy's going to win. Like, I, you yeah. make me pick somebody? You know, if you look at who he's got to beat, he's got his work cut out for him. <laughs> but he's proven – he hasn't proven he can do it because he hasn't won a race yet, but he's proven he can put himself in position. And, they, and that's what you have to do. That's how you win races. Most people that win races and win them for a long time of their career put themselves in position over and over and over, and then they get their win. And then another one comes after they put themselves in position over and, <laughs> and over and over. That's, that's how it works, and that's what he's doing. A win, I'm not going to say a win's coming because... I've seen these things happen where they run up front and they never, it never happens. Right, uh, but but it, it it certainly feels like it's around the corner and it could certainly be this week. If we're if we go
3: another couple of weeks though, and this eight car has not won, I think it's a bit of okay. What's going on? Like you know this this is a problem because you can be you can run up front all day long, but you know. You've got to win races and lock yourself in the playoffs to go
1: fight for a championship. That just to me would be like, there could be a panic moment. Okay, but let let me just counter this. Yeah. It's easy to say, because I've had this conversation about many drivers. Okay, so Tyler Reddick's going to win. So that means he's going to beat William Byron, Ross Chastain, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano. That's a pretty long list. Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson, Chase Briscoe, Kyle Busch, Austin Cindrick, all winners this year. My my point is, to Jeff's, Sundays, Mm -hmm. like, you, you know... You beat a guy, and there's six more in line just as good. And that's what's so difficult about Sundays is, and this is no discount to trucks. Great run, by the way, at Darlington. But you, but you know the difference. Like, the reason the Sunday guys drop down a series or two and they're instantly successful is because Sundays, it, there's not a superlative in the world to explain how much more difficult it is than Friday and Saturday. Tyler Reddick, is, Tyler Reddick
2: is putting a down payment on future success. Yeah, And there's no doubt about that. Your point about if he doesn't win soon, then the pressure gets ramped up. I think everything that Tyler Reddick has been up, been through at this point has him ready for that. Mm-hmm. The reason I say that is you and I have sat in the booth many days doing, oh, my God, oh, he, whoa, whoa, you know, oh my, what are you doing, Tyler right. Reddick? Like, what right are you on doing? the fence, like, laugh after But he's gotten out of that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You
2: know, like that was the pressure. That was, okay, i got to figure out who I am. I, got, I don't see that now. I see him make mistakes. The coolest thing I saw Tyler Reddick do in the last 24 months was go to Charlotte Test in January and wreck three times. Yeah. The reason why is because he and his team said, we're going to find a limit right now today. Yep. Yep. And he went to Charlotte at a test and ah, spun that thing out. I mean, like, what are you doing? No one else was willing to do it. They're doing it right now in the race. Tyler Reddick is emotionally ready. He's physically ready. I, I think everything he's been doing has prepared him for this situation where the pressure's on. And let me tell you something. When you win a race, the pressure don't come off. <laughs> you think at that moment, I won, it's all good. On su- Saturday, when you roll out there and practice starts, it's right back on. Yep. It, it never changes. <laughs> I don't care who you are. It never changed for Jimmy Johnson, and it never changed for me, and it never changed for a guy that never won a race. Once you start winning, then the expectation is that you do. Mm-hmm. And so I think Tyler Reddick is learn, is, has learned how to handle
1: that, and he's ready for it. Well, I love the stat right there. It just said, you know, last led over 200 laps led this year. I believe you run up front, and that's how, what ends up, is you finally end up up front at the right time if you run up front long enough. Let's go back to the phones. Josh, you're on Motor Mouse. Hey, guys. Pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I, I had a question about truckhouse house and talk about drivers looking for the first win. Do uh, with Daniel Suarez. Do you think he's inspired by the success Ross has been having, or is he feeling the pressure to break through and get that win? And if he does, where do you see him possibly getting that win at? Thank you, Josh. I think that's a great question. Daniel Suarez currently 19th. I was met when we were talking. Redick in my mind, I was thinking Chastain has proven a Redick. Why not me? Because Chastain's found a couple wins this year. But with Chastain's success, in my opinion we have seen more mistakes out of the 99. I thought he was closer to his teammate earlier this year. Chastain, I don't know why. I think he's a very good race car driver, but he's been up front more consistent. And as he has been up front, I believe the 99 is pressing to close that gap to his teammate. That pressing is causing mistakes. Um, So there's two sides to every conversation. Yes, you know what? Ross Chastain has on what he's winning with, with a brand-new race car. That's super important. The downside is you know exactly what's beating you. And, and that's a real problem. Jeff, you've had teammates that have beat you in the past, and the unfortunate part is you knew what they had. I was like that with Jimmy Johnson. You know, it can swirl and spin. Now, the good thing for Daniel Suarez is, I believe, Justin Marks, Pitbull, Ty Norris, everyone over there, Travis Mack, is crew chief. You know, it seems like he has a lot of support, which he has been vocal about some of the teams in the past. He didn't feel wanted. We've heard no ripple of that. It's like I think he feels like he belongs there. That will hopefully kind of get him over the hump of this pressure. But I believe Chastain winning has turned the heat up on Suarez, even if it's internally just himself. I think he's pressing harder than he was when he was running better.
3: I think the other interesting thing is just what you pointed out, where he's 18 points below the cut line. Right. So he's in that area of very feasibly doing this on points. You know, just in one race, he could find himself flipping into the playoffs, you know, basically on points right now. So depending on who wins that race. But I think you know, they're right in that conversation. And so that becomes a really, I just believe, a tricky position when you talk to some of these teams and crew chiefs who, you know, they got their their goal. We want to go win a race. Absolutely we want to win a race. That's our goal. We need to win a race. But when you get later and later and you're right on that cut line, at some point, you've got to think about points. You've got to think about, like, hey, do we need to take a risk, right, to go and go for that win? Or is it more important that this car finds itself in the playoffs to go get that win, right? And I think, you know, to him, one that probably is oddly a race that got away was Coda, right? They were by far one of the fastest cars there. His teammate goes and wins it. You know, that's the days that you talk about that pressure. It's not even external pressure as much as, like, that could have been me. You know, like, that's the pressure in your mind. So I think they have all the capability of going and getting the win, but they're going to be, you know, himself and that team are going to be tasked with making decisions about that points situation versus going for a win. Yeah, I I don't care
2: who you are. I don't care how many races you've won. If your teammates have more success than you are, it puts pressure on you. Mm -hmm. Uh, The most important thing is how do you handle it. And how do you and your team deal with that? You cannot take a step back and say it's okay, because it's not. If if your teammates won two races and you haven't, that's not okay for you and your team. It doesn't mean you're failing. It just means you're not doing as well as they are. So how do you do it? That's the key. How do you stay focused? How do you and your team move the ball forward to go get that win? I think they're doing a lot of things right. I think that they can win races. Um, They just can't get in their own heads. The worst thing they can do is be looking over their shoulder. What are they doing? What are they doing? They need to focus on them. And, and I think if they do that, they're,
1: gonna, they're going to be just fine. And I think Suarez has two key people that can help him with that. First is his owner. I think Justin Marks is a race car driver. He's built this remarkable race team through some unconventional means of, of leasing a car a year ago, buying a team. You, you know, there's a, he's definitely gone about it his own way. Uh, he's in his corner, and I think Travis Mack is crew chief is in his corner. And we've seen Travis be very creative when he was an Xfinity Series crew chief uh, with Michael Annette gobbling up some stage points, knowing that points were his are in. And I will say that what Travis lacks in experience, I think he makes backup in leadership. I think he naturally is a leader of the team. He's very good on the radio. He kind of commands the, the organization. And I think if you're somebody like Suarez, that just takes a little edge off that you know this guy in your ear has your back and believes you can get there. Um, so, I think that's going to help them out a lot.
3: And just, I know it's been said a lot, but how about track house possibly having two cars in the playoffs? <laughs> it's I mean, just wild. Yeah. I mean, what an unbelievable job, a whole organization. When we shift to just who they're around on that cut line, which you were alluding to earlier, RCR. Yeah. I mean,
1: we talked year, what about Dylan? Yeah, He's well, just A tomorrow. year
3: ago, where were we? Where were we? The two RCR cars were right there fighting each other to get in the playoffs. And now here we are a year later and we're in a similar situation, which is just so wild. You know, you look at this organization, you think about how well Redick is running. Austin right there as well. I mean, it looks like they're just always in position to be capitalizing on a win. And yet here, both their cars are sitting there. And I think some of that might be you have a track house car that's now, you know, gone up there and cemented themselves by winning two races and being in the playoffs. You've got a uh, Chase Briscoe in the 14 who now has leapfrogged from where he, last year where he was. So, you know, they might be better. But as you guys mentioned, the competition level in Cup, so did everyone else get better, right? Yeah. It's
2: quiet. I, I, listen, I think Austin Dillon is an example of how he has used a teammate to get better. I mean, I, I think Austin Dillon has gotten better every year. I think that um, you look at what he, the work he's put in to make his road course program yes, better, where he 100%. can compete on road courses. He's done a really nice job there. I think Austin Dillon, um, right now, he is that driver that's going to be right there on that verge every year. He's got to take that next step, and I think he can. I think Austin Dillon can. He's shown me over the years that he can continue to improve. Uh, his teammate, like I said before, I, I think I think Tyler Reddick is a super, future superstar in this sport, and and I think he's made Austin Dillon better. I and I think that's been a positive for Austin Dillon, and I think Austin's been a positive for for Tyler. I think they work together well. Those teams work together well, uh, and it shows kind of in the results. They kind of run the same. Tyler, yeah. the the the. the Tyler runs a little better, but not, you know, not light years better. So that team, I feel like you kind of – they are what they are. RCR has got to find a little bit of speed compared to everyone else. And, and you know, Austin and his team, they need to take a step. I don't know that Tyler and his team need to take a step. Yeah. They just need to stay consistent. I do feel like Austin and his team need
3: to, need to take a little bit if, of a step. If we get a couple of weeks in again, though, and those two are fighting each other for the playoff I mean, spot again, I mean, well, crazy. Richard Schultz is racing to go, what do we have to do to not be in this position every year? But,
1: well, hey, well, at least
3: they're there and not out, way outside.
1: Yeah, Dylan first in, Redick first out. There's a bunch of names below the cut line we're going to get to as the show continues. But let's go to the phone with Blake. You're on NASCAR America Motorhounds. Hey, fellas. Uh, listen, a uh, big Kurt hey. Busch fan. Hey, a big Kurt Busch fan. It seems like he runs into a win every year, at least one or two. Uh, where does he get it done this year? So I'm just going to tell you, when I look below the red line, below the cut line, Kurt Bush is the surprise of the year for me. I was expecting him to go to 2311, get in the Toyota equipment, JGR prepared equipment, and I expected him to be, you know, right up to, say, where Christopher Bell or Kevin Harvick is. He's a champion. He is is normally... Super consistent, a little Kevin Harvick-esque, always finds a way to get points. Um, I just didn't see this transition being being as difficult as it has been. I don't know if the transition's difficult or if just twenty three eleven because both cars are below the cut line. Um, so I'm shocked by that. So the question was, I think the question was, where does Kurt Bush win? Let's start with does he win. Kurt Bush win? Well, well, let's let's pull it. let's look at the schedule. Let's see if we
2: get the schedule pulled up. But the other thing about Kurt, Kurt Bush, I think that we have to remember is that. He's been in a ton of wrecks that he had nothing to do with. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you go back and look at some of these finishes, a lot of it is wrecks late in the race, having a decent run and gets taken out with nothing. He's, you know what I mean. So I think that the points, the where he is in points, is not relative to how well they've run, in my opinion. And you look at here's the points, all right. So I'm sorry, here's the schedule. So when I look fancy at that... Albar park. That's where you requested <laughs> <laughs> earlier. Yeah. Yeah.
1: and he's a TV guy.
2: So again, I, don't, I, don't, I think Kurt's a good road racer. I just don't see him being the elite road racer that, that some of these other guys are. So a place like... I mean, honestly, when I look at that, I think New Hampshire. For some reason, yep. I saw New Hampshire, and that popped out as a place where Kurt... But any of those racetracks, I just... Again, I think that those four road races being in there is like, that is a
3: game changer. I, and I look... You know, you talked about him going to 2311, expecting you know, race and performance, which I think we all did, knowing his talent level, his ability to develop a car, that sort of thing, and now being put in this role where he's really developing an organization, right? I mean, 2311 being so young, adding the second car, you know, his role as that veteran coming in there is to say, hey, how can I help build this place up and make it better? And I think, you know, there's always going to be growing pains with that, right? But I, to your point, I don't know if that's really performance and that they just haven't, you know, they've had the performance and they haven't got the results, Whereas, you know, if they were not performing, I'd be more worried, right? And that's why, that's why I look at that schedule as well and I say, Kurt Busch, he could win on four or five of those tracks any day. And so I just think, it, especially in that equipment, knowing if they get on, they figure out some of the issues the performance-wise, they're right in position.
1: Okay, so I'm going to be this guy. Uh-oh. I hate to be Uh-oh. this guy, but I us be this guy. You know what? There's no participation ribbons. Yep. There's no, hey, you should be running better. Hey, you're getting caught up in other stuff. You know, I haven't gone through race by race. He does get in a lot of people's other stuff, but he doesn't get in a lot of people's other stuff in the top five or the top six or the top seven. And my, my point is, you know, I'm a big believer that you get to create a lot of your own luck. And I think the 45, pit stops, a little hit or miss, their long list of reasons they had, uh, mechanical... Right away at Richmond. I mean, they coast down pit road like lap two. Yep. You know, I'm not putting it on Kurt Busch. I'm putting it on the whole 45 team Kurt Busch is the driver of. So he's taking some as well. But I think overall, I, I just, I mean, listen, he's behind Justin Haley. Yep. First year in the Cup Series in a College car. He's behind Chris Busher who's driving for the same Roush Fenway, which is now RFK. Like Eric Jones, who's revitalizing the 43. I just believe that this this 45 car has some real soul searching to do They don't want a a, a mentality of they're the victim and everybody else's issue. I think they need to say, why are we continuing to find ourselves in these issues and find out what they can change? That's the attitude that they may have. I haven't asked them, but that's what I think they need to get in.
2: No no stage wins, to your point. No stage wins. If you look at stage points, he has 17 stage points. Well, 17 stage points ranks him about 25th. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you you go back and look. I mean, uh, Harrison Burton, who's 29th in points, has 17 stage points you got Cole Custer has 19 stage points. Bubba Wallace has 28 stage points. And stage points are a clear indicator of where you are running during the race. So, so to, your to your point... To your point, what you say
1: 17. So, thank you for looking at performance. Chase well, Elliott has 116. You yep. want to talk about being behind? He's 100 yep. points behind just in stages. Yeah, so yep. to
2: your point, you know, yes, they have been in a lot of wrecks, but they haven't been doing it in
3: the top five. Does this go to a broader point? When you look at Bubba Wallace, who's just behind him and 24th in points. I mean, 23-11. Like, is it an organizational issue right now amongst both those cars? All right, hold
1: sense. it. We're going to have to save some stuff for the second set. That's right. So, listen, we, didn't, didn't, talk we didn't, I didn't talk know we Jones. Were in the first one we didn't talk Jones. We didn't talk Jones. Be prepared, prepared uh, for that. Uh, Busher, if you have an opinion on RFK, we have Brad Kozlowski not even on our graphic after a penalty. We got the other half of 2311, Ty Dillon, Cole Custer, Stenhouse. We have a lot of drivers below the cut line. We're going to save that for after the commercial break. And if you call in, you get your name on the L bar. Your favorite bar, the, L, the bar. L bar. Yeah, come on. I Call hate it. to admit, I hate to admit that Parker taught me something about TV, but he did today. <laughs> Seven years so in. it's a playoff version. Who's in? Who's out today on NASCAR Armor? Welcome back to NASCAR America. Talking about the playoffs halfway through the regular season, if you could believe it, 12 races down, 12 to go. We've mentioned it multiple times. Of the 12 coming up, four road courses, two super speedways, a brand-new track with worldwide technology. And let's not forget, it ends at Daytona. Nobody wants to go to Daytona mm. needing to win to make it in. These are the winless drivers. Blaney, Truex, Bell, we all agreed we're going to check them off, move them forward. Kevin Harvick, minus disaster, we think can veteran his way in. Starts to get a little sketchy at Eric Almirola because we believe there are going to be some more winners. We've talked Dylan Reddick. We even talked a little Suarez, but we skipped over. How about the famed number 43, Eric Jones? GMS Petty, I got to keep getting the name right. Petty GMS. There's a lot of new names involved (laughs) up there. New people, uh, a lot of the same faces from Petty, but some new blood in there. It seems like they have found a good, now it's a two car organization, which is a big deal. They went to 43 and 42 with Ty Dillon. Um, So let's talk about Eric Jones. I think we all knew he could drive, thought he can drive. Uh, Has he found a new home, found a new comfort? Is he under or over-performing your expectations in 18th, Parker? I think he's doing everything I hoped he would do in that 43 car
3: with this new next-gen era that we are in NASCAR. Because this team, to me, was their budget level and size organization was the prototypical Example of a team that we wanted to help be more competitive right with the not we but with the design of this car And the next-gen era was to make a team like this have a viable chance of being a playoff contender on Points on performance and we have seen that out of the 43 and I know talking that team Just a couple months ago when we first started testing this car and they were looking at this and thinking this is our opportunity This is our chance and they have taken hold of that Dave Ellens has done an amazing job You know working with Eric Jones We know how good he was in the Xfinity series winning so many championships over at junior motorsports but i think just to me like i get excited about this car and this team because this is the team i wanted to see be successful at this level and they're doing it and i think they have a very realistic chance of pointing their way in but they also have a realistic chance of winning a race like they have i mean talladega got away but they legitimately find themselves late in races in the top five and stage points they scored 50 stage points and the most outside the playoffs this team is for real, and I think it's, uh, it's one of the coolest things we've seen in 2022. I,
2: I think I, Listen, I think they've done a nice job. I just don't think they can point, point them, themselves in by going against Stuart Haas, going against Joe Gibbs, uh, going against Penske. I don't think that they're of that caliber. I think it's too much to ask. I, and then, listen, that doesn't mean they're not doing a good job, and that right. doesn't mean that they're not building, and that doesn't mean. I think Eric Jones has done an incredible job in this race car, and here's why. It is such a difficult thing as a race car driver to leave a top organization and go to an organization that's building, because you're used to having everything. You're used to, then that becomes normal. You have to adjust a little bit. You have to when you're driving for Joe Gibbs, you're like go win, go win, go win. When you're driving for, for uh, GMS at GMS Petty, it's okay. What is our role here? Yes, we want to go win, but we have to make sure we don't make mistakes. We have to make sure we got to do all those little things right. It's a mindset change, and I think Eric Jones has done an incredible job of making that mindset change. He has, in my opinion, he's put that team on his shoulders. Dave Allen has done a great job, and they're doing really well. It's just they're, who they have to take on is really tough. It's going to be really, really tough. I don't think that's, that that's a team that's going to go lead 200 of a 300-lap race or, or something like that, but I do think – If you put Eric Jones in that position late in a race, you put it on his shoulders, he can go make it happen. He can go win that race. His experience and his talent can do that. Uh, And that's what they got to do. they got to keep themselves in position of points and then strike when that iron is hot. They missed it a few weeks ago, had a shot to win, didn't work out for them. Go put yourself in that position again and see if you can make it happen. And,
3: you know, just a little bit of inside baseball, but a testament to a team that probably financially – took the stretch of going forward as a driver that they felt like was the most talented driver they could hire on their budget, like made that happen, went and got the dress, best driver they possibly could, and it ha- it's paying off. And I think that's another cool thing to see from this 43 team is that it's a team that
1: took, you know, went and invested in talent and is being rewarded for it. The unknown for me is the manufacturer support and how does it shift through the year. It's been made very public. Chevrolet has reorganized this year. They've built a huge tech center. They're putting all their engineers together. Even pulling teams, teams and engineers together making a more concerted single effort. So my, my point is, what I don't know, the open-ended question is, does Chevrolet's support stay the same all year long and continue to support the teams that are already in to build stage points? That is not a bad plan. Get as many points as you can. Or does Chevrolet take the approach of, we want as many opportunities in the playoffs they currently have five 400 cars and ross chastain when you look then you have two rcr cars and eric jones who kind of all help each other they're right in there together so the question is right to your point and everything you're saying about eric jones is the next step available with just more help right does chevy say you know what we think our best chance is to fill the playoffs with bow ties. And to do that, we got to get the two RCR cards and Eric Jones. They're our next three up. Find a way, and maybe Daniel Swartz, like find a way to get him in. Or do they say, you know what, we need to make sure that William Byron has as many playoff points as possible because that is how you know, Kyle Larson got through the playoffs. It, it's an interesting question, and I don't know if there's an answer. I'm not sure they know yet. Maybe yeah. they're going to decide as the season goes. Uh, but I, I don't think it's surprising. The other and, concern is... You know, the opportunity was kind of ripe early with the car, with a lot of unknowns. I believe that this is an unfortunate statement, but let me say it: money wins, <laughs> and those teams with big money and big resources are gobbling up the answers quicker than others. And I, I just have a concern that, to your point, right? You might have Gowdy a rest- money
3: ball. We're well, not going to money ball Well, my in?
1: point is like you might Come on. You, you might get a restart or late something like that. But yeah. I believe to your point. I've seen caution seem to dwindle, opportunities seem to dwindle. The, this race is starting to look more and more like NASCAR of the past, but... Uh, I don't
3: know. I don't know. I'm a believer. Moneyball, baby. Let's all see. All right. Well, listen, there's, a, there's
1: a second car at Petty GMS, and that is uh, Ty Dillon. We're going to get to him in a minute, but first we're going to go to the calls. You're on NASCAR America Motor Models. Mike.
0: Yeah, I was just wondering, with all this talk of four road course races in the playoffs if you were starting a team today would you hire a driver um that was way better on the road courses just to guarantee you get into the playoffs thank you for taking my call
1: uh that's a great question mike i'm gonna say that jeff burton two years ago saw the schedule and he goes man austin Cindric is the new man on the team because aj allmendinger like the guys that always ran up front he would be putting his his weight behind I was waiting for the new car. This is a crazy thing to say, but you know what I've learned is that some are better at road courses than others, but this field and the guys that are in the Cup Series, they're dang good everywhere. Like, I don't think, so to Mike's point, two separate points. Can we all agree that I don't think there's a, ro- a non-NASCAR road course ringer that could come in and outrun Absolutely. the current NASCAR drivers yeah. in their own vehicles? You probably know it's better. Okay. So if that's the case, I do believe that looking at available drivers and people that move around, road courses, Jeff, I would value more if I was a team president on who I was hiring. I would make sure that you love them. And if you're not great at them, you're willing to admit it and work on being better. Because I think they'll have the talent. It's more of a time and effort thing. I think that's the key. I
2: think you can't. When I started racing, you just did it. Like, you know, you put some work into it, but you couldn't allocate a lot of resources to it and you know you just had two races and you just you know it's part of a point system in which you know it all got melted together and you just did the best you could do yep. and but you can't do that now it's way too many in, in in the series and and you can't you don't have to be the best at it but you can't be the worst at it either you you got to at least be average you can't be worse than average and if you are then you're you're a liability
3: yeah i i don't even think you know i think the even choosing a driver to say, like, oh, they're predominantly good at road courses. Like, to me, that's actually, you know, knowing the breadth of talent out there that are able to drive across numerous different tracks. I just don't think that's a choice that really, you know, is, yeah. is even available to you in a lot of respects because, or even is, you know, a smart choice in that sense. When you look at this schedule now in modern day NASCAR, you've got to race on super speedways, mile and a halfs, mile ovals, dirt track, road courses. I mean, it's one of the most diverse schedules in all worldwide motorsports. So to be a champion or you know, a top-level cup driver, you've got to be good at everything. You've got to find a way. There is no write-offs now, right? Like yeah. There is no, eh, you just go and do that. It's like, no, no, no. That's a chance. That's an opportunity. And there's so much of it that you've got to just be good at everything. And I think these days, drivers know that. When you look at drivers who are come through trucks, through Xtendi, working in manufacturer programs where they're in simulators doing every type of racing, they're right. driving... You know, other types of race cars. You look at William Byron going and driving late models just to get, you know, wins. Everyone is learning that you just have to be driving and being good. You have to be good everywhere. You cannot have a weakness.
1: You're right, but there is still one name that's not full-time in Cup that I think would instantly move the needle on a Cup team. A.J. Elmendinger. A.J. Elmendinger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he's happy at college. I don't think he wants to be in Cup. I think if he did, he'd be in Colling's car. But I'm just... You know, the magic eight ball, crystal ball, the new manufacturer, the new owner comes in, and he has a pile of money and came to me, and he said, hey, we're going to have a four-car team. I don't even know if there's an A.J. Almendaker or a two-car team. Four-car team. I'd be like, you need to go find out however much money it takes for Um, A.J. Almendaker. And here's why. Because he's going to be in charge of our road course program. Everybody's going to run what he runs. And if you gave him seven shots, I feel really good about at least a win. Out of the seven road. I mean, he's just, or six. I mean, he's... Fine, six. I'll do it for half what he'll do it for. But, it. I'll with, come right, drive the I mean, team. Dinger, to your point, Dinger's the one guy that shows up on Sunday, yes. yeah. part-time, and he's at the end of all of his road. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, 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 um, I hope,
2: and this isn't against anybody else, but I hope he can be the full-time driver at college next year in that car. I know. Because I think that everything that, that he's done in his career... I think he makes Colleague better in the Xperity series, and I think make making better in the Cup series. I I just do. I think it's, I think he's earned it.
3: Yeah. I think he's earned. If he
2: wants it, I think he absolutely. Yeah. I think I think he's earned it with what he's done on the racetrack, what he's done off the racetrack. I know it's more complicated than that, but but I hope if that's what he wants. Yeah.
3: I think you said. Yeah. If he wants
2: But I think at Colleague, yeah. They're kind of hey man, like it's great. You know what I mean? I think that is different than some other. You know, some other owners, he couldn't be as comfortable. He couldn't be as happy. But I think at college, he could go have a a good time at the Cup Series. They all have a good time. It's a completely different vibe over there than it is everywhere else. I think it would make a lot of sense for everybody. You no,
3: know, it's quite they have quite the identity. there's I'm not no his doubt. agent, by the way. <laughs> so do we, do we answer Mike's question? I
1: guess the answer is yes, you would pick a driver who's good at road courses. I do, if yep. his name was A.J. Almendinger. All right. <laughs> Listen, a lot to break down on the playoffs. It's pretty chaotic around the cut line. If you want to see some chaos, though, I hope you turned into the Kentucky Derby because Rutledge and our buddy Dale Jr., they interviewed some superstars and it went crazy. Dale, I know we've checked off everything on our bucket list, but I didn't know there was extras. This is my man, Jack Harlow, Louisville's finest right here. Yeah, I know. I kind of wanted to ask you, Jack. I know you grew up around here, and everybody around the
2: world watches this race, and everybody knows what that means. But what is it like for a hometown person to watch this race? Wow. You know, I I grew up seeing it on TV. So to now be in this place where we're in this beautiful box, and we're, we're enjoying this the way we want to enjoy it, you know, this life is about curating it the, one you, the way you want to
1: curate it. And so it being a local thing makes it sweeter. I'm, I'm thrilled, man. We're having a great day. I'm in a, I'm in a phenomenal mood. That's awesome, man. Now, you just had your new song, Churchill Downs, drop with Drake. Have y'all been shooting the video here? What can I say? I mean, there's something going on. We got some cameras rolling, and it ain't just y'all's cameras. Dude, it's it, to see you out there there's working. A guy, the crowd. There's a guy next to you. Oh, Drizzy is here. <laughs> Drake is in the house.
0: I was just trying to listen. I was trying to listen into what you guys got going on. This is so he exciting! Just, he oh just my gosh! He just
1: I song. just wanted
0: to hear the conversation. I'm not here to really speak. You he heard his name. I'll say that. Dude, this
1: is so so. You guys got your new song Churchill Downs. Uh, earlier we had a
0: toast because we went up to the speakeasy, and I said we started from the bottom. Now we're here. Man, I mean, what's it, it what's it like for you to get to see the hometown kid here, and everybody love him so much man we've been talking about it a lot the last couple days it just reminds me of like you know early moments the same thing i did for a city that you know at the time really needed that um that that energy lift that recognition i was referencing like my first ovo fest and like you know i was i was blessed enough to have two amazing artists come support uh me and you know that 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 just drove me i had to i had to show up you know i'm i'm so proud of this guy and um and we're drunk. <laughs> he's, he's sober. I'm drunk. Well, you know what? It's a good place to do it with the mint juleps. We've yeah. checked that off the list. With the Kentucky Derby,
2: though, we got to know you guys got a horse in the
0: race. Did we you got a one? lot going on. We got a lot of, we got some <laughs> exactos. We were, we, we, got some... we were forced to make a move. Yeah. On the one and only Happy Jack. Yeah, yeah, together, obviously. Because yeah. He, he's really given a good description of how I feel right now. Yeah, there's something <laughs> pulling us towards Happy Jack. I like done. it. Yeah. I'm gonna have to it's put it's some money on. If it wasn't a happy Aubrey, we'd run that too. Just First y'all. Of all, you can't give the wrap it up signal. What What are you gonna cut to? Right. <laughs> what are you gonna cut well, to? It's Drake and Jack Harlow, y'all. We
3: had yeah. to. So, uh, what are you got, gonna cut to? Like a, a, a shot grab. of
0: a shot of like poorly manicured grass or something. You there. know what I'm gonna, I'm
1: gonna tell? Em? I'm gonna tell him. Just hold on. We're going home. Okay. All right. Oh. Drake and Jack Harlow. till Downs. That's it. Unbelievable. So it takes a lot to trip up our man, Rutledge Wood, but two music stars after, after, we'll call it double-digit mint juleps, definitely (laughs) tripped him up. It was fun to see Dale and Rutledge at the Derby. We got to have to go, man. That looks like a good time.
3: But I just want you guys, which one of you would wear the silk suit my man Drake had there? They, oh. That in your closet, Jeff's clock. Me?
1: I was thinking Actually, actually our, tra- our track athlete, Rick Allen, would have there to There you be go. Yes. So yes. Yes. Well, listen, that's a big week. Dale Jr., he was at the Kentucky Derby, but he got home in time to record a great Dale Jr. download with open-wheel sensation Rick Mears. That's tomorrow on Peacock. Then we have some WeatherTech Sports Car Championship USA, a little NTT IndyCar Series, yeah. and MotoGP IndyCar
3: Parker. I'm going to be out there next week after Mid Ohio. I'm going out to IMSA uh, for that great race. We just had an awesome race in Laguna Seca, and then I'm going to be out at Indy for practice for IndyCar, and we're going to film some special in the walls out there. So my YouTube show, which we just did another one today with Nate Ryan joining me, we talked about huge topics in motorsports, which was pretty cool. You can catch it all on the Motorsports on NBC YouTube page. It's hashtag In the Wall. Join the show. We take all the questions and conversation sure. from the internet and try to dive deeper. So. It's good All show. Like it's good
1: show. In the wall, I'm gonna yeah. dial in. I'm gonna go to Indy two for some qualifying week, so it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a great time. But listen, we got more wrap to talk up. about today. Wrap it up. No, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm on. on the national sign. We're wrapping it up. Oh yeah, there's my shirt. What? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> That's it. Take him serious. Good luck. <laughs> Do you have to stay on this show? Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic, because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. All right, you're back. NASCAR, America Motor Mouse, talking the playoff picture. We're not talking about the winners. We know they've advanced. We're talking about everybody else who's above the cut line, who's below, and who has the best chance to advance. Now that we're halfway through the regular season, let's go to the callers. Eddie, you're on the show. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. I know you talked
0: a little about Eric Jones, but what other driver do you think can upset or shake up the playoff picture with a win?
1: All right, let's bring up that playoff picture because we talked a lot about cut line and just below the cut line, but now we're getting to the guys that, in my opinion, we need some major turn of events. Kurt Busch would give a little credit. Maybe they could turn it on. Let's just start. I'm going to run through them real quick, guys. Who jumps out? Busher, Haley having, an, I believe, a great year. McDowell's a Daytona 500 champ. Bubba Wallace was a Speedway winner. And then Ty Custer Stenhouse, another Speedway winner. Is there a name over there? We're going to assume it's a win. They're going to have to win. Who over there can win?
3: Uh, I mean, the one just the last couple weeks, Ricky Stenhouse. I mean, their season was absolutely abysmal to start. They had engines blowing and all sorts of mechanical failures and things that went wrong. Then he reeled off some really great performances as the last couple weeks. I think that's a car that put themselves in position enough. Brian Paddy pulled some great strategy. That's one that could find themselves getting a win. He has two super speedways in terms of Atlanta and Daytona up for offer. We know he can get it done there, so that's one that sticks out to me. It's I really
2: hate things. to agree with you, but no. yeah, right. he yep. was leading to Daytona got wrecked. Yep, leading in Atlanta and had a had a out
1: late in both of those races. Yes, he
2: can he can win one of those
1: Speedway races. I'm gonna throw a name up because they're not even on our graphic. I know who. Brad Keselowski, 31st due to a penalty. Zero chance he makes it to the playoffs on points. It has to be a win. Um, I think he almost tried too hard the last Speedway race because he knows it's his chance. I believe if he just, he's the Brad of old, does his thing, I think he could win Atlanta and Daytona. I'm struggling anywhere else, but the plate races, he could win.
3: RFK, what a pull. Busher. I mean, at Dover. I mean, like, what yeah, about the, that? Yeah, but
1: the pole doesn't get you in the playoffs.
3: I know, but I'm just saying. No, like, I'm just taking on you. No, you're yeah, right. You're serious absolutely speed. right. I, that's yeah. why I think this is so hard to call just when you look at this. They're, you know, there's just elements. There's a parody here that we don't, I don't know if we've experienced before, on conventional
1: track. That's All right. the part that's crazy. So we got one minute. Let's get uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. Who's having the year worse than we expected and are definitely not making the playoffs? Give me one name. Mm, uh, not going to make it Cole Custer. Cole Custer. Three yeah. Stuart Haas cars above the cut line. Cold Custer, well below. Is it circumstances, or, or does this team need something to change? They,
3: I, I think they need something to change. This is, you know, that they're vastly behind their teammates. There, I just think that's a tough spot to be in. He. They haven't shown me the ability to go up there and do what you know Chase Briscoe did at Phoenix, or and they've had some good runs, but I just don't think it closed it out.
1: I'll go quick. Ty Dillon, 80 points behind his teammate, below what I expected. I thought he'd be closer to the 43. I know he's new back to the Cup Series. They got to find something on the 42. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Bubba Wallace. Bubba, what we talked about,
2: 23-11 earlier. They're struggling. Uh, I thought Bubba Wallace at 23-11 for the second year would move himself forward, but so far hasn't been able to.
1: Kansas heading to Kansas, a mile and a half, low grip. Maybe it's Redick. Maybe somebody else. Maybe someone will upset the playoff field. Thanks for joining NASCAR America.